Psych Patient Podcast, episode 11. I am your host, Jeanette. Some call me Nettie. Some call me Jeanette. Some call me Janet. Are usually people that have taken down my name for an order and they're like, Hey, Janet, your food's ready. And I'm like, my name's not Janet, bitch. So don't call me Janet. It's Jeanette, okay? All right, so today it's just going to be me. I'm recording this on April 14th, but probably won't be releasing it until like next week sometime. So just know that the day I'm recording it is the 14th. As you know, if you've listened before, I like to do a mood check-in at the beginning of every episode. And so today, I like to do from 0 to 10, 0 being the worst, 10 being the best. Today, you guys, I'm going for an 8, which is crazy. I rarely get above a 7, but I woke up this morning just, like, brimming with ideas and thoughts and things I wanted to share, and so the word for my mood is going to be bursting. Now that I say that, I don't know if I love that word choice, but whatever. It is what it is. Yesterday was April 13th. And it was the two-year anniversary of when I got my complete hysterectomy and oophorectomy. And kind of the starting point of my rebirth, so to speak. If you don't remember or you haven't listened to previous episodes, I had really bad premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And also called PMDD. April is PMDD Awareness Month. So this is a very timely discussion and it's a really devastating, intense disorder where your body is super sensitive to the rise and fall of hormones that are just naturally in you as a woman or as a person. So when I got this surgery, it's when things really started changing for me and while the changes have been super challenging and uncomfortable. They've been very necessary to continue getting me to a place where I'm my most authentic self and where I'm healing parts of me that need to heal in order to continue finding and being my most authentic self and really learning to thrive. And it's already been incredibly rewarding uh, despite the hard things it's taken to get me on this path. Just as a little review, it's taken losing my religion, getting the hysterectomy, and trying to heal from years of severe premenstrual dysphoric disorder, and realizing that while the complete hysterectomy did save my life at the time, and I would get it again in a heartbeat, getting over the trauma from having severe PMDD has been no easy task. I've got my work cut out for me still, and I am now two years post-hysterectomy. There's also getting divorced, selling our home, 
adjusting to single parenting 50% of the time while being very mentally ill, dating again, getting my heart broken again, struggling financially, multiple suicidal episodes, including the one in January that was my most serious, which led to a stay in the psych ward, which led to this podcast idea, really coming into my own and not filtering myself on this podcast has been both hugely triggering and hugely healing. After my stay in the psych ward, I feel like I was broken open to a whole new degree. And just being me now feels like the only option that there is. I'm too tired to try to not offend people anymore. And sharing my truth and my opinions and just being me is kind of scary because I know some people won't like me anymore or will think I've been led astray or will just, I will just simply be too much for them to handle now. And I recognize that. So courage is kind of at the forefront right now because I am a people pleaser and I'm challenging that aspect of me every single day and also on this podcast by sharing my truth. So it's been easy to feel discouraged lately and I've had setbacks these past few months since I've gotten out of the psych ward. I had one pretty big setback when I had to get on some antibiotics after a tooth surgery and antibiotics can really mess with my mental health. I don't know about you guys out there, but I know there is research that's been done about this. So when I talked to the surgeon about it, we decided I should stop taking the antibiotics because the risk of infection wasn't high enough for me. To have to deal with a severe mental health backslide. So stopped taking those, started feeling better again. Then a few weeks ago I got sick, just a normal stupid head cold. But when you're already in a super fragile place mentally, the tiniest things can set you back. So that was a really hard week as well. I think the difference with these times and these setbacks that helped keep my head above water was that I had some coping plans that I'd made ahead of time. So some of these coping plans were just being very honest with my mom and my sister and my the rest of my support group about where I was at and trying to ask for help when I needed it, even though I hate asking for help, but I did. Um, I sat with my uncomfortable feelings and tried to feel them rather than smothering them. And one thing also that I have really been working hard on is being super consistent with changing my estrogen patch when I'm supposed to. Because if I, if I go off track with that, even by like half of a day, then it can really mess with my mental state. So my sister has been reminding me. I've got like three alarms set on my phone for the days when I need to change my estrogen patch and that has been helping as well. And while the setbacks completely sucked, obviously, and I did feel suicidal and it wasn't wasn't fun and it was uncomfortable, 
I was a lot more confident in the fact that I would get through it. And just because I felt those feelings, I was reminded just because you're feeling these feelings doesn't mean you have to take any kind of action. It's a feeling. So just sit with it and like try to get past it. And, you know, anyway, this morning I was reflecting on all of this and I was being a little hard on myself. I was thinking like, am I ever going to get my shit together? I'm still not really working napping a ton. Some days I don't have the motivation to get out of bed. My financial situation's a complete joke right now. My house is a disaster. April 13th was supposed to be a celebration of my rebirth, and instead I totally forgot about it and spent the majority of the day laying in my bed. Honestly. And then I realized that I needed to reframe these thoughts and think about things that I have accomplished and just acknowledge that you can celebrate and still be having a hard time. You can acknowledge your growth and still be right in the middle and still growing and not know the answers. April 13th, 2021 was a huge day for me and it can still be celebrated even though I'm still going through my rebirth process. I took a huge leap of faith getting the hysterectomy um, in hopes that it would help my PMDD and it helped a ton and it was a very necessary step to take to start on this journey of getting out of survival mode. I remember when I was getting the surgery, there was one particular comment that I got from someone that almost completely destroyed me. It was a comment about how sad this person was that I was getting a hysterectomy because it meant that my son couldn't have a sibling and was kind of alluding to the fact that this would have lasting effects on him, not being able to have a sibling. And so many people I loved were celebrating that I could get a hysterectomy and that I was basically saving my life with the surgery and one person was sad about it and I was so angry about this comment that was made and I couldn't understand because I was choosing myself which is a good thing and I was also choosing to live and try to be there more consistently for my son but one thing this experience highlights is that it's so easy to let negativity take over positivity. Like that one criticism was overshadowing all the positive people and all the positive things. So I've learned some things from that experience. Um, one of the things is you don't always have to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You can journal things and keep thoughts to yourself. This is a concept that became clear to me through this experience. Like, it's okay to have feelings, and it's okay that this person was sad about my decision, but I didn't necessarily need to know about it. So I've been trying to take this lesson into my own life and the way that I communicate with other people, and I don't know that I'm doing great at it, but I at least am aware of this concept now, and it really plays into every feeling. You can be angry and not be destructive. You can feel hopeless and not off yourself. Multiple things can exist at once. Another thing I've learned 
is that I still have a lot of learning to do. Like, how can I learn to not let the negative outweigh the positive? How can I learn to tolerate stress in a more healthy way? How can I learn to be okay with people not approving of me? And these are actually massive things for me. These are kind of the key to, if I can keep working on these things, then I will really be learning to thrive instead of just surviving. Not putting my worth in other people's opinions of me, breaking out of this people pleaser mode, knowing that I'm going to ruffle some people's feathers and yet I am still worthy of love and belonging, as Brene Brown would say. My surgery felt like I was getting a second chance at life. My unsuccessful suicide attempt and stay at the, at the psych ward has also been another chance at life. And this one can be conflicting because at the time, had it, like, of my suicide attempt, had it been up to me, I would not have continued to live. But circumstances were that my sister was worried about me. She called my ex-husband to come check on me. He did and interrupted my plans and I do get another chance at life. Circumstances were that when my sister took me to the ER, there was a three hour wait. Eventually we, set, we decided to go home for the night. My sister slept over to make sure I was safe. And the next day my ex-husband's sweethearted girlfriend talked to me about the specific psych ward that I ended up going to and I was able to find a bed there and I had a really positive experience. So I am still here and I am still trying my best to learn from this and make something beautiful come of it. Here's something I wrote while I was having one of my hard days recently and since I wrote this I feel like I've made some pretty big breakthroughs but I think writing this was part of those breakthroughs or leading me to these breakthroughs. It can be so it's so vulnerable sharing these things that I have written but I feel like I want to do it anyway because not only is it healing for me to share these things even though it's scary, I also think other people can relate to what I'm saying and what I'm talking about. Okay, so here it is. Maybe I'll feel more like myself tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow I won't cry so many tears. Maybe the tears are what I need to cleanse me though. Sometimes I say I have a troubled soul. Truth is, the world is the troubled one. It moves too fast, expects too much. We're all running to keep up. Just the tiniest breaks to catch our breath. I'm so fucking tired, I'm barely crawling. Forging my own path feels an impossible task. Does everyone else feel the same? Is everyone this tired, this afraid? What am I even scared of? disapproval, letting people down, but why? Doing something wrong and then what? What is hammered so hard into me? That fear that threatens some unknown consequence. Do I fear death so much that I want to choose it on my own terms? Is it like ending a relationship too soon so you can control the hurt? My brain feels tight and inflamed. It's too warm up there, too much action. Connecting dots over and over and over again. 
trace, retrace, go back, do it again. The bitch is going to wrap my knuckles if I miss a step. Who gave her the ruler anyway? I feel the need to follow rules and break them equally as strong. I feel the need to make a stranger smile while also shouting out the world's wrongs. Trying to discern what's me and what's someone else's expectation of me. I gaslight myself into thinking it's all in my head. But I've been there on the other side. I remember clearly the things people said. Sometimes I'm behind thick glass banging, shouting at myself. I just want to breathe and be. Liberation has come with its own set of handcuffs. I long for a partner to hug me on my sad days. Then I tell myself that makes me unhealthy. But aren't we wired for connection? Isn't love what everyone wants? Why do I think I'm sick for wanting it too? I'm not desperate for it. I know I could live without it, and I have. But that connection, that spark, that support, that addition, something you can't get anywhere else. It doesn't have to be everything, but I'd love for it to be something. I was never good at not getting my way. Never good at biting my tongue. Part of me expects to be let down. A god, all-knowing, demanding I sacrifice all that would brighten me more. So I feel unworthy, but still confused as to why I'm not getting what I want. And here's the thing, my personality actually is in direct conflict with itself. A hermit and a people person all wrapped into one little body. A romantic and a critic, a realist and a dreamer. Always dreaming, always planning, always hoping, then breaking my own hopes and dreams with a hard slap of reality. A confusing hot mess and kind-hearted dichotomy. So there's that. <laughs> also, and speaking of the breakthroughs that I've been having, um, I did some Reiki energy work earlier this week. My friend Dana is who I go to for Reiki, and she's so comforting and has such a healing energy. And if you don't know what Reiki is, I'll read you the definition from Wikipedia. Reiki is a Japanese form of energy healing, a type of alternative medicine. Reiki practitioners use a technique called palm healing or hands-on healing through which a universal energy is said to be transferred through the palms of the practitioner to the patient in order to encourage emotional or physical healing. So Dana opens and aligns the chakras and then at the end of the Reiki session she kind of ceremonially, ceremoniously, I don't know closes your chakras to help reground you and I think that probably most Reiki healers kind of have their own way of doing these things I just know how Dana does it psychedelics and energy work both insist that you look yourself right in the eye you meet your highest self while you're doing this kind of work and the concept of highest self is that it's a state of consciousness that can be accessed through meditation and introspection and or psychedelics which promote greater self-awareness and acceptance. Got that defini definition from Yogapedia. During my experience with Reiki and sound baths and then separately with ketamine therapy, 
I often find that I'm getting a pep talk from my highest self, reminding me of things I already know or helping me come to realizations that I haven't come to yet. And in this most recent Reiki session, my overall message that kept coming into my head was turn your pain into beauty and your darkness into light. And then to expand on that, I also was thinking a lot about the fact that there is room for pain and beauty. There's room for darkness and light. These things can all coexist, which is basically the concept of uh, DBT or dialectic behavioral therapy. I'll also share my notes for my most recent ketamine session as well. They're really hard to read because I was still high as shit when I wrote them down. But it gives you an example of what I'm talking about when I say that my highest self sometimes will give me a pep talk during these different experiences. So here are what my notes say from after my ketamine session. I'm broken open and it's a good thing. I'm shedding layers. I'm in the goo phase and I've got this. I don't have to keep repeating patterns. I don't have to feel scared. But if I do, that's okay too. I'm almost ready to get back to life. I'm getting closer to thriving. This is a chapter and a new chapter is starting. It's not all on your shoulders. Just be you. You are wise. You know things. You bring things to your world. You matter and you do make a difference. Pain is okay. Fear is okay. Joy is okay. Success is okay. Love is okay. Move forward. Keep trying. Sadness will come and go. Tackle life. Make life your bitch. <laughs> Give and receive. Need and be needed. Winter doesn't last forever. This has been a season of my life. Winter will turn into spring. Love hurts, but it won't destroy you. You are worthy of love and belonging. Be you. Human design is key for you. Energy work is key for you. Feel my anxiety. Be mad. Be sad. Be scared. Feel it all. And I have been reminded time after time during these experiences that I actually do love myself, that I am a good person, that my core self is good and right. So now comes the part where I start making decisions that support those beliefs. And that's going to be the tricky part. Let's quickly talk about the discussion of religious trauma that we've had on this podcast in the past. Um, in the light of two conflicting things can be true at the same time. Because sharing my truth on this particular subject of religious trauma has been for sure the most anxiety-inducing aspect of this podcast. Because I know and love so many people who are religious, and I'm a people pleaser, and I don't want to offend people, but also I feel it's important for me to share my truth. And I also know I'm opening myself up to judgment, and as a people pleaser, that's scary as hell. So if hearing someone paint your religion in a not-so-flattering light triggers the hell out of you, because maybe for you it's something that brings you peace. Your religion brings you peace and you love being part of it. And your experience doesn't match up with maybe what I'm saying or with what someone else is saying. So then I would say challenge yourself. Dig into it. Why does it make you feel uncomfortable? 
And let there be two truths at once. Your religion has been a positive experience for you, say. It's maybe for you brought you joy and peace and also and your religion has can and does cause people a lot of pain and sorrow and can ruin some people in a way where they have to have this incredibly painful and confusing exit from a religion that they were raised in and we're essentially starting over we're like newborn babies so let your truth not have to be someone else's truth you might share a quote from your favorite religious leader and I might share my truth about how much damage those same religious leaders' teachings have done to my sense of self-worth. And you might trigger me by sharing a religious teaching, and I might trigger you by making a sacrilegious joke. It's okay for us to be uncomfortable. It's okay not to agree. We're gonna be okay. I'm saying this for myself as much as I'm saying it for anyone else. And I hope we can at least agree on one thing. And that is kindness, healthy kindness, kindness that has boundaries, kindness that thinks before it speaks, kindness that gives ourselves grace and other people grace while still acknowledging when something or someone isn't for us. I want to talk about the year after my ex-husband and I sold our house and what I did with that money that I got from the house we sold. For context, this was all before my stay in the psych ward in January. So all of these experiences were before that. I used it to celebrate life. And I did have plans to have some leftover, but some unexpected mental health and physical health expenses just swept in and sucked up the last of my money. And I don't love being broke right now, <laughs> but I still don't regret that that's what I used the money for. I went to the Netherlands and Portugal with my little brother. I donated money to PMDD research and other charities. I hired an illustrator to illustrate my children's book that I'd been wanting to bring to life for years. And I used that money to print copies of the book and sold some of the copies. I went to a giraffe manor in Texas with my bestest friend and our kids. I visited my friends in other states and, and more. And I challenged myself in my comfort zone. One of the things I wanted to do was get out of my comfort zone and use this money to really like push me out of my comfort zone. And I decided to join a group of people who were going to Brazil through a company called Naturalist Journeys. Shout out. Everybody else in the group was going with friends or their partners and I was going all by myself. I didn't know anyone in the group. I did kind of know two of the hosts because I followed them on Instagram for years and years. So I at least knew that I liked them and I felt safer going for that reason, which is part of why I chose that particular group to go with. I have insane anxiety, especially when it comes to traveling and I push myself to travel anyway because I don't want to let my anxiety stop me from doing the things I want to do. But there will just be non-stop butterflies until I get to where I'm going and then it will settle down a bit. But here's the thing. I ended up having to get my front tooth pulled about two weeks before our trip because of a time from 10 years ago where I had fallen while I was running and I had hit my teeth 10 years ago and it came back 
and was biting me in the ass two weeks before my trip to Brazil. So I got my front tooth pulled and then I got shingles during the same week and went to the ER and if you've had shingles then you know the nerve pain is awful. And the shingles were on my face. There was no hiding it. My nose got swollen. I had scabs on my face. It was the opposite of cute. I luckily did have a little, what they call a flipper tooth, which you, it's like a removable tooth that you put in and out. But when you're eating, you have to take it out. So anyway, I decided to still go on my trip, even though I was like completely humbled to my core with no front tooth and scabs on my face. I had my flipper tooth, but it made it hard to talk. And um, or I just felt awkward talking with it in. And then also I had to take it out for meals on the trip. So every time we'd get together for meals on this trip, I'd have to take my damn front tooth out. And so, yes, humbling to say the least. I tried to make the best of it though. And I like tried to find the humor in it. But this was also after just finishing. I just finished with my partial hospitalization program that I had done for my mental health. And... I was still fresh and raw from that and I was in a very vulnerable place. So the trip was both empowering and wonderful and once in a lifetime in so many aspects and then completely and totally humbling in other aspects. It was so good for me though. Um, on the plane to Brazil, I was by myself on the flight, I hadn't met up with everyone I was meeting up with them once I got to Brazil. So on the flight, the lady in front of me had a cat with her that I didn't know about. And halfway into our flight, I pull out my backpack from under my seat and was like trying to get something out of it. And it was completely soaked with the grossest smelling liquid I could possibly imagine. I was seriously like, she must have spilled her drink, but what the hell is she drinking? This is awful. <laughs> Uh, so things inside of my backpack were getting wet and it was just the worst. And then right at the end of the flight, I finally figured out that there was a cat in the seat in front of me and it had peed all over the place and the pee had soaked through the seat and gotten all over my backpack. So I exited the plane into Brazil with a wet backpack on that smelled like cat piss. And this comes into play with a breakdown that I had on the last day of the trip. So the trip was so cool. I want to go back. I want to do it all again. Like it was so cool. And we saw jaguars. Don't know how to say the word right, but I'm saying jaguars. We saw jaguars in the wild. There was a jaguar sitting on a big branch and just it leapt out of the branch trying to catch a caiman in the water. And we had a front row seat to it. It was so cool. So the trip was amazing. And P.S. There were capybaras all over the place. I got to meet an armadillo, a six-banded armadillo. And I think we also saw a nine-banded armadillo. Saw all the things. It was a dream, okay? On the last day of the trip, it was one of the days where I changed my estrogen patch and those days can be rough sometimes because my body and brain are super sensitive to changes in hormones and 
even though I don't have progesterone in me anymore, I still can react to the change of estrogen levels. And so I was having a rough day mentally. And I had also picked one of the scabs on my nose that I should not have. And it was super deep. And so I was really anxious about that getting infected that day as well. So anyway, it was, it'd been kind of a rough day just inside of me. And then there was a huge rainstorm and it was so magical. I was in complete awe during the rainstorm. Just, I was outside just experiencing it and watching the lightning and feeling so grateful to be alive. And I was just breathing it all in, soaking it all up and just, it was a spiritual experience. Then I went back in my room to get ready for dinner and my bed was soaked. There was a leak in my ceiling and so my bed was soaked and some clothes had gotten wet and parts of my luggage were wet and the thought of having to travel back home the next day with wet luggage again just like broke me. And it was, it felt so silly but I was just bawling and I couldn't stop and one of the hosts who I'd become good friends with came in and tried to cheer me up and her and the other hosts were amazing. They got it all sorted out and my room cleaned up and a new dry bed and all the things. They went above and beyond. But I was still in the bathroom crying and crying and couldn't stop. And it was obviously a buildup of so much more than just my stuff getting wet. The girl host came in again and was like, and I feel weird calling her the girl host, but I don't know if she wants me to say her name. So I'm just going to call her the girl host. She came in again and was like, are you coming for dinner? And I'm like, I don't think I can. Like, I, I'm so embarrassed, but I can't stop crying. And she said, okay, but if you don't come, then I'm going to bring my dinner in here and sit with you. And... And at that point too, she did just sit with me for quite a while and she was so sweet and supportive and kind. And finally I said something along the lines of like, okay, I'll come to dinner because it's the last night and I totally don't want you to eat your last dinner of the trip here in my bathroom with me while I'm bawling. But I was like, please warn our group that I look like hell from crying and we can all just laugh about it. It's not a big deal. We can have a good night, whatever. So... I cleaned up a bit and eventually went into the dining room and when I came in everybody in our group like started clapping and I like bowed and we were just like laughing about it and we had a great last night together and here's the takeaways from this story. I think there are a lot of takeaways but one of them is kindness matters. My friend who was the host could have easily just let me fend for myself and not offered her support but she did and she genuinely was kind and cared and it made such a difference and even though it was embarrassing to be bawling in front of my new friend it it was just it made such a difference and it helped me end this really vulnerable trip for me on a great note and another thing is that I take away from this is you can have a bunch of stuff going amazing like me loving this rainstorm and feeling so grateful to be alive and then reality slaps me in the face when I go back in my room and my bed sweat and my luggage and you know but but that's life the good and the bad and I 100% 
do not believe that we need to love the bad or even be grateful for the bad, but I'm learning that we do need to accept the bad and that good just simply does not come without the bad. Back to that statement of turn your pain into beauty and your darkness into light and let them all coexist together. The rainstorm made my day and then ruined my day and then my day was made again because someone was kind to me and then I was brave and I went to dinner with swollen eyelids and I took my damn front tooth out and ate and chatted with everyone anyway. So with this whole thing, I'm just realizing like today as I'm thinking about all of this stuff, I can celebrate my rebirth through my surgery on April 13th. 2021 and I can still have had my suicidal episode since since then without it discounting the leap of faith that I took that day and yes my child does not have a sibling because of that decision and he may grow up and wish that he did and he has a mother who's alive and doing the hard work to heal and through my own healing I'm helping him and I know for a fact that he's gonna grow up and be so glad that I chose myself so that I could also choose him. So choose you and choose healthy kindness to both yourself and others is the message I wanted to share today. And that felt like a lot. I feel like I just freaking bore my soul. But I hope it helped someone or someone out there learn something from this episode today and I'm just going to say, while I've been hard on myself for not having a job right now because my mental health does make it hard for me to hold down a typical job right now, this podcast has actually been my job. I mean, I'm not getting paid for it, but I've put a lot of time and energy into this and it's been really healing for me. And I think for people who have shared their stories on here as well, and hopefully for people who've listened in, I've still got a few episodes left in me I think so this isn't like oh this is the last episode but I wanted to say for this episode especially if you heard anything in it that rang true or that might help someone else will you share it the point of me doing this is to hopefully give back in some way and I can only reach so far it might not seem like it but I am a private person (laughs) and I have always tried to keep my Instagram following on my personal page really small um, and I don't really use Facebook much at all and so I don't have as much access to spreading the word but I would love it if you listen to this and if you feel comfortable sharing this episode whether it's linking it on Instagram or Facebook or texting the link to someone you think would benefit from it. I feel really weird asking that, but I would appreciate it so much because I think there are some helpful nuggets of info and wisdom in here and that they really could make a difference for somebody else out there. Okay, last thing. Coping skills, book, quote, song time. The coping skill I'm going to bring attention to this time, which I think I've already talked about in previous episodes, but it's just writing your heart out. Like, this might not work for everyone because we're all different, but for me, with my busy mind, writing it all out has been super helpful these past few months and has been part of 
my huge breakthroughs that I've been having. So that's the coping skill I'm recommending today. For the song, I already added this one to the psych patient playlist, but I haven't mentioned it yet on here. It's called Angel by First Aid Kit. At least I don't think I've mentioned it on here yet. To me, it's a song from someone's higher self talking to their lower self or their ego or the part of them that is hard on them, <laughs> if that makes sense. The lyrics say, give me love, give me compassion, self-forgiveness and some passion. I love you even if you don't love me. You've been staring at your mirror trying to make the picture clearer. But Angel, can't you see who's in front of you? Such a good one. It's such just a good positive song and I love First Aid Kit so much. For the book I'm sharing, it's called The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse by Charlie Maxey. I think is how you say it. This one's for kids and adults both and it's one of my favorites. My cute mom gave this book to me and my sisters. She got us each a copy when it first came out and it's the sweetest thing. The words and the art both are just next level and it was also recently made into a movie on Apple Plus which I haven't seen yet but it's on my list. The premise of the book is it's about a little boy and his animal friends who are learning some life lessons together and sharing little tips and knowledge with each other. So the quotes I'm going to share to end today's podcast are from that book and obviously I can't share just one. <laughs> so here are a few. Uh, the first one, what do we do when our hearts hurt? Asked the boy. We wrap them with friendship, shared tears and time till they wake hopeful and happy again. Every single one of the quotes in this book are just, the whole book is just, you, you guys need to read it. Another quote. What is the bravest thing you've ever said? Asked the boy. Help, said the horse. Asking for help isn't giving up, said the horse. It's refusing to give up. And the last one that I'll share is, always remember you matter. You're important and you are loved and you bring to this world things no one else can. So on that note, I will end the podcast and I just want to say thanks for listening and hang in there. And like the last quote said, you matter, you're important, you're loved, and you bring things to your world that no one else can. Love y'all.